You're listening to Age of Reason. Brought to you by Frozen Frame Productions. Hey everyone and welcome to Age of Reason News. This is episode 9 and I'm going to be talking about the news that covered uh, the past week, the week of December 6, 2018. Okay, so as usual for people who don't know, I'm going to mainly talk about the news headlines and I try to avoid the main big issues because for those you can go to CNN or MSNBC, uh, whatever. These places don't need more money. I do. The cool thing that happened yesterday, I was watching the SpaceX launch. It was a Dragon launch. So this goes straight to the ISS. It mostly carries supplies as well as uh, science experiments. And I was watching this and then this happened. Burn, which helps to slow the rocket down horizontally. Shortly after this burn is initiated, the grid fins, which you can see right on your screen, uh, located near the top of the first stage, are deployed and they help guide the rocket during descent. Following the boot. So I just want to say this is not normal. As soon as I saw that crazy spin, uh, I was thinking, okay, this is it. We're done. Uh, this they lost the booster, the stage one. Uh, but let's keep watching. It's interesting what happens. Boost back burn. Falcon 9 executes a re-entry burn to slow itself down before hitting the dense part of the atmosphere. Let's watch the action for a moment. So they actually don't show anything after that. I don't know why, but um, they don't show anymore the accidents. They cut away to a safe shot. Uh, that's why we don't see anything like that. We, we barely see war coverage as well. It's, it's mostly just uh, the good stuff. People shooting, explosions, but people dying and stuff like that. Nope, we can't show that. Anyway, this is the same mentality here. They cut away from it. And we are left to enjoy the stage two, which was successful, by the way. It's on the way to the space station. It's expected to arrive on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. So somebody from the ground kept shooting the part two of what we just saw. So this is the rocket coming down. Not so much spin anymore, although it is spinning, you can still see the spin. And it's right now it's above the water, there's nothing there. So usually SpaceX lands either on the landing zone, which is on the ground, or on uh, their autonomous landing boats. In this case, it was supposed to be a landing on, on the land. And because the rocket was spinning absolutely insane, it ended up over the water. And you can see the final moments here. It's extending the legs, the landing legs. So that's pretty amazing. I mean, I only saw it this morning, so I thought it. I thought last night it was gone. It, it was exploded, but apparently it landed on the water quite uh, smoothly. So I think they recovered it by now. All right. So let's talk about the news headlines. Let's start with CNN. The main story here is that Japan has so many vacant homes; it's giving some away, and foreigners can apply too. I'd have to read the article because a lot of the things about Japan are misrepresented by the media it's like they had that thing about the uh, virgins in japan and then you actually look into it and it, the information is is very very strangely selected and not representing reality 
So I'd have to read this article to be sure what they're talking about. Here's what I'll say though. Japan is extremely crowded nation. Uh, in our area right here, it's extremely urban. Uh, yes, there are some parks, but it's mostly concrete and buildings. Not very exciting and not very good for the environment. If you have this type of situation, these homes, by the way, that especially they show in the picture, looks like an old home. I'm not saying it's not going to survive an earthquake because a lot of buildings in Japan are designed to survive earthquakes. Um, but it, it probably has structural issues. So people who are buying these homes or getting them for free, you, you still have to renovate them and that's going to cost a, a, a lot of money. So. That's the first thing. And the second thing, of course, I actually wish they just removed some of these places and replaced them with parks, um, more vegetation, because that's what ne is necessary for the environment. We'll come back to the environment a little bit later on in the show, actually. Okay, so France hiked the prices of fuel uh, that were supposed to kick in from January 2019 by about 30% from what I read. I have two comments here. And again, it's, it's probably going to offend some people, but I really don't care, okay? We either change or we don't and we die. That's kind of the only alternative that there is. Uh, here's the problem. If you impose such a high tax rate suddenly, people are going to freak out. And that's what we saw. That's why the, these protests in Paris happened. At the end of the day, these changes are necessary and they will hurt people's wallets but people that's the thing you give people too much credit you think that people will just change by themselves uh, out of goodwill um, that's why they say you know don't force people to pay for something just do it a charity instead people will donate right yeah good luck with that look I have my book here and you think people have donated to me anything no nothing at all so people just out of their goodwill are very unlikely to do something. That's just the reality. That's something that one of the positions that I hold anyway. I'm very open to changing my mind with new evidence, but so far I don't see anything positive. So um, people want change, but people don't want to change. I think if this hike was implemented gradually, let's say, okay, eventually after five or ten years you do get to that 30 percent increase but every year you increase by two three percent i think people might stomach it much better climate change is not going away the amount of gases in the atmosphere is not going away it's accumulated everything that's up there right now is actually going to keep affecting the planet for 10 20 30 years so everything that we pump into it is basically extra. So we have to live with the effects for the next decades and then that bonus, everything that we add right now. You know, magically, yeah, I wish that these gases floated away into space and disappeared or whatever, but that's not how physics works. That's not how reality operates. People realize the most when you start taking their money. And if we don't do that, people will not just out of you know their goodwill start donating to something or... Uh, start to buy electric cars, something like that. The government has to provide incentives to move people away from fossil fuels. Yes, you do have to abandon your dirty truck. You do have to buy a clean green car. 
If anything, this fight against climate change should be a fight against pollution. Do you want to live in a polluted world or do you want to live in a clean world? The choice is really obvious. The people who live, for example, near coal plants, they do suffer from respiratory problems, asthma and whatever. Ideally, if you want to choose this or you want to choose a solar power plant, I think the choice is obvious. Of course, you want to go for the solar plant. And there's a lot of myths about solar plants, by the way. People say that they're ineffective. Uh, but you know that the power that comes from coal plants is also not, really not 100% efficient. It's really far away from that, actually. Most of that is wasted when we transfer it uh, via the cables, power cables. A related article here, uh, I'm not sure which company they're talking about, I'd have to click on that, but it says world's biggest shipping company wants to be carbon neutral by 2050. Um, again, just a newsflash, we don't have until 2050 to, to take that, such drastic action. Action is required right now. Uh, I know for a lot of people it's a lot to take in, you know. This is such a rapid change that we're experiencing in the span of basically one or two generations. Uh, people are not used to such change because we're used to kind of long stuff. Things that take a hundred, uh, many hundreds, many centuries, uh, many millennia to, ha to unfold. Like evolution, man, evolution takes forever to happen. <laughs> Millions of years we're talking about. And climate change though, it happens within one or two generations. And I think people just can't wrap their minds around it, but they have to. This is the reality, and the quicker you understand it, the better for everybody. If they want to be carbon neutral, that's fantastic, but by 2050, that's that's a lot of, we're talking a lot of emissions until 2050, okay? Unless things radically change, I think the world in 2050 will look really different from what it looks now. Uh, for people who are watching or just joining us, I'm just reading through the thing, that's what I'm saying. I don't prepare these things. Uh, because I want to think as I go along. That's the point. If you're always giving digested material, I mean, if you're fed with a spoon by the media, then you're not doing any critical thinking yourself. You're, you're basically kind of, you have to accept on faith whatever other people tell you. So yeah, I don't do that. I don't live like that. Well, this article actually is not a new article because I've seen it, man, many months ago. Uh, the rise of South Korea's loner culture. But I don't think this is limited to South Korea. I think this happens more and more recently. And in fact, I just had a conversation about that on Facebook. Uh, because I'm a nihilist, I don't think there is inherent uh, uh, meaning to anything in life. Uh, I know that some, of course, you know, you have some objectives. I have objectives every day. Um, but do they really matter though? I, not really. I do 3D art, I make movies, I, I do the show, but in the grand scheme of the universe though, do these things matter? I don't know, I don't think so. You might ask me, the natural question is, uh, then why bother living? Well, look, it doesn't mean that I'm gonna jump to suicidal. Well, a lot of nihilists seem to be I still have some responsibilities, I still have people I care about, and people especially that uh, care about me, some, not many. If I, you know, end my life, it will impact them. They will feel, I mean, they have to live with that. I will still leave some kind of gap in their, in life, in their existence. So yeah, I don't want to do that. 
what I'm saying is though, yeah, I just don't see the meaning of, of anything. This uh, loner culture thing, I think it's also very present in Japan. There, I forgot the uh, word in Japanese, but there are there is a category of people here who basically are loners. Uh, it's not the otaku people because that's different. That's a completely different thing. But anyway, that's that's how they live. So the question really is, why are people so lonely? We have, you know, a lot of people these days have uh, cell phones. We have computers. It seems that we can be connected to anybody in the world. In fact, my last language teacher, he used to teach somebody in Africa over Skype. So you, you can connect all the way from Japan to someone in Africa and, you know, teach a language, for example, or teach anything. I think that's great. So where does this loneliness come from then? Well, in my opinion, even though the world is, we are more connected to other people, we have at least the opportunity to be connected, but we don't. We actually go the other way around and we become antisocial. And we don't want to be connected to people because it seems that the more we find out about certain people, the less we want to know them. So, I don't know, that might be just me. Look, I'm not trying to push uh, this is not some kind of propaganda or some agenda. This is just the way that I live. Um, all I want is understanding. I don't push it in on anybody. If you want, if you don't want to be a nihilist, be free. Go be whatever you want. I'm just trying to explain from where I come from. And by the way, this position that I hold is not something um, that I've always held. But you know, this is normal because when you're growing up, when you're a student in high school, university, whatever, you, you're often not at the reasoning age yet, let's just say. Although I did my best from that age. When I was uh, younger, I often didn't enjoy hanging out with people of my age, but I enjoyed hanging out with people older than me. The reason for that was I wanted to learn something new. It's very unlikely I will learn something new from a person my age. But older person has more experience, so you know I'm open to that. I always grew up with the idea that you have to listen to people who are wiser than you. It's not always the case. Uh, a lot of people associate, for example, being old with being wise, but that's not always the case. There are old people who are dumb as a bag of sand, you know? It, it, it all depends how you grew up and how you got old. If you spent your entire life drinking and looking at porn, well, I don't expect you to have much knowledge then. Don't expect you to have many things to teach me. But if you read stuff, if you're interested in research, then uh, yeah, then I'm all for that. On one hand, we seem to be more connected to everybody, but on the other hand, we don't want to connect to people. Actually, this one is pretty curious. Uh, okay, again, I don't know the context, I have to read it, but it says, uh, this woman opened a sex shop for women, and then the backlash started. I just want to talk about sex for a while, actually. I think it's interesting that sex is still a kind of big taboo subject for many people. And I'm not saying that, you know, you should make love to a women or men with your wife or whatever and then you know upload it on Facebook no that's not what I'm saying at all 
Some people do enjoy that though. And I'm not criticizing them for doing that, you know, whatever. It's funny that it's a taboo subject. Even when you go out and talk to people, as soon as you bring up sex, you can see that they're, they're tightening up. Again, it depends like how much you talk about. I, I mean, some people, they tell me a, a lot of details, maybe too much. But for me, I don't care. I don't think it's something you should run away from unless you have some kind of insecurities that we don't know about. It's just a topic like anything else that should be discussed and open. I just wanted to comment on this very quickly because it says the world's most controversial K-pop band. I don't know who they are. I really don't care about pop in general. Uh, I have a playlist of music on my uh, PC. There's barely any uh, pop in there. Uh, sorry, that's not, just not my cup of tea at all. I, again, this comes because I want to get some kind of information, some kind of knowledge, even from music. K-pop and pop though, yeah, that's, uh, I actually find it extremely detrimental and often degrading. Of course, a lot of it is in Korean. A lot of people don't speak Korean, then why do they enjoy it? Um, and also it's kind of curious that K-pop is popular, but J-pop isn't. So Japanese pop is really not so common. You don't hear about these bands going out and touring somewhere. But K-pop though, for some reason, it gained popularity. And I, for one, don't understand why. What flying in virtual reality does to your mind. So actually at home, I have a simulator. It's the Flight Simulator X from Microsoft. Uh, it's pretty good, especially if you buy the paid air aircraft. The free ones, there's really not much to do. Uh, you, you can take off without really doing anything. But uh, with the paid ones, that's where you start to really push every single button and you can really control your airplane. Uh, I just want to say this though, for people with flight anxiety, uh, I used to have flight anxiety as a kid. I used to, you know, every time the plane would go up and down, I would grab into the seat and hold on, thinking that that, that would actually do anything. Uh, learning about flying though, even though with a simulator, really helped me to cope with that situation. So uh, again, if you can afford it, I do recommend getting uh, the gear because um, knowledge does help in things. If you know certain things, then the fear percentage is reduced. One little add-on here, it says warming made heatwave 30 times more likely and this is in the UK. Um, again, if you don't really buy into the whole science of climate change, then uh, at least you can listen to me uh, because I have a couple of thermometers outside and I measure temperature every day. Uh, what did I notice? And I will show it eventually when I have a bit more data, but I have about three years of, of data right now, every day. I take the temperature at exactly one o'clock in the morning. And the reason for that is it's just in the middle of the night. So in Japan, the sun often goes down. It sets quite early and it rises relatively early as well. So 1 a.m. is right in the middle there. And what I noticed that especially this year, on average, we're talking about every month having an increase of uh, between 1.5 to even uh, about 2.5 degrees. Okay, it's true my instruments are not very precise, but it still gives a pretty good idea of what's going on. All right, that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed what I do. And if you do enjoy, then please subscribe and check out all the links in the description. Thanks.